Hello and welcome to episode two of Football is Life. And sometimes death. I'm Niffer. And I'm Andy. And we're really excited to be back in your ears. And we have a, a, a week full of news, updates, and most importantly, that what came out a couple minutes ago, Mo Salah is still in Liverpool. Sorry, Nefer. I, I'm sorry. I'm throwing that <laughs> to, uh, at you, but <sighs> I got so excited. Sorry. Listen, I'm, I'm pro-Mo as a person, okay? That's, I'm, I'm a pro-Mo Salah kind of gal. Um, I, I do, yeah, it's, it is what it is. So I'm glad he's staying at Liverpool, I guess. I'm not really, but I'm glad for you that he's staying at Liverpool. Yeah, uh, I'm a Manchester United fan. It's hurt me that I'm cheering for him, but he's Egyptian and he's the Egyptian king. So (laughs) listen, I understand a country over club sometimes. So let's, let's start in our busy, busy, busy. Uh, calendar and uh, we have a lot of topics to talk about from our bismal Cincinnati game Cincinnati game we uh, as I told you before we start recording we don't talk about Bruno but yeah. apparently we need to talk about Bruno today which just is Cincinnati briefly, game just briefly here's what yes. I want to say about the Cincinnati game we look like trash it was painful we didn't have a plan. We didn't have anything except throw the ball to the front, and we hope somebody pick it up. Hey! Yeah, because that works so well for us. We've only tried that since we became became a club. I'm sorry to say it that way. It was look like we back in 2017. It was bad. Oh, that, that was a tough year. Um, no, it did not look good. Galatia had some good saves up in the first half. So great job to uh, our our friend Pedro. Yeah, I think he came on fire after a lost Piro game, and since that game, he just back to the octopus life. Yeah, he he did some ridiculous save in that game, and I don't know how his reflex action is that good. It was crazy. There's one in yeah. the first half, and I was okay. Here's the goal. He, Oh wow! <laughs> How do you pick that? Yeah, no, I'm I'm very grateful for him. Listen, I'm uh, I'm a, I I have loved all of our keepers. You know, Joe Bendick, I I loved him, but it is very nice to have a real solid keeper in the back. And I feel I just feel always like a breath of relief whenever I see him on the roster. So I'm glad that he's our guy, and he's just so fun to watch. And he really like is so passionate. It's crazy watching him yell at the team and, and get them together. And you know, it's it's a great thing to watch. He stresses me out when he holds the ball for too long, and the ref is clearly going to give him a yellow card. And I'm just like, let's not do this again. I don't want to do this again. So I'm always thinking about the past. He is amazing, and I really appreciate all the saves because the score was going to be way worse than yeah, Cincinnati. It could have been. Six zero, could have been truly. And unfortunately, Cincinnati is the only is the one of the few teams that take already two games from us. So it's bad. I don't know what that is because it doesn't seem like just when you look at the statistics and even the style of play that they should be that hard for us. But there is just something about Cincinnati that we've we really struggled with. I think it's more of a mental situation. Now we got to that the point of mentally we are not able to conquer them yet uh 
because the, you can see it on the mm. field. They are not doing something different or something crazy good. It's more of uh, it's more of yeah. we are not doing good in channeling the ball, and that's actually a g- good point uh, that beca- that we mentioning that because last uh, last episode we talked about we need to find somebody to uh, back up Mauricio. And what's happening uh-huh. on uh, the yes. day after that on Friday? We Mauricio didn't play. He was uh, cautiously they mm-hmm. bench him. He didn't travel with the team, and unfortunately, we suffer because we mm-hmm. don't have the creative mind that moved the ball from the back to the front. And bomb, bomb. Fortunately, they yeah. they seize uh, the uh, opportunity. They move the ball forward. They have more opportunity on the goals. And voila, we are in that bad situation. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the they really need to figure out how to put some depth um, in, in in the defensive midfield. It's it's just not working what we're currently doing. And yeah, fully with you. Um, but the team did have a small shakeup this week. Um, between well, I guess between the games, but not really between the games. Um, with uh, our friend Sylvester Vanderwater um, yep. leaving. I know he hasn't really uh, played much for us this season, but what what are your thoughts on that whole situation? I think Sylvester was a good option to have. He was um, he was great a player uh, when we entered the game. We enter him and a winger. However, something me and you always talked about that he's a liability. He's very, yes. he's very aggressive and ha- doing a lot of aggression, and his tackle is not careful. So he is mm-hmm. very um, subjective to yellow card, and with our track of yellow card, this is not helpful. <laughs> so that is true. So that's the first thing. Second thing, I think, uh, since he had his baby. Uh, it's you can see he's distancing himself from the team. Then mm-hmm. um, I follow him on uh, on Instagram, um, and I can see that after his injury in um, April, he traveled to Netherlands, and I didn't see him back in Orlando except maybe once, uh, mm-hmm. one post of the whole posting. So I think there is more outside the field also that impacting his decision. Um, and yeah. I, you know, in our chat group uh, that we have, that we we as big fans of Orlando City, uh, we talked about that, and I told you guys middle week before he announced today that he's leaving. He is leaving mm-hmm. because I heard from some people I know in Europe that there is talks about him leaving, and mm-hmm. if you look at what he was going for, he's not going to a big teams or anything. He's he mm-hmm. he's going to uh, uh he was actually going to a team in Turkey and it fall apart in the last minute. So mm. there is uh th- I think there is more and I think it's speaking a lot about his capabilities inside Orlando City that he went away as uh, as they cut him or he mm-hmm. decided to leave. It, he's not going to any team. He's not signing with anybody. Uh, uh, 
unless there's something happened in the last 20 minutes or something, because before we start recording, I checked and there is no post from him or anything yeah. saying that he's going somewhere. Yeah, yeah. No, I do think that he's a good, strong young player. I think he's got some things to learn and, you know, hopefully he just continues to grow and, you know, Forever Lion is, is the theme around here. The game that I want to talk about, though, is the U.S. Open Cup game against Nashville. That was quite a game the other night. It was quite a game. <laughs> and we know we hate talking about that in sports, that we are uh, we getting our revenge and all of the stuff. But sorry, we did <laughs> that. We had our revenge because after the last two games against them, the last game of the season last season and the in the in the playoffs we had some stuff that need to be settled uh-huh we definitely <laughs> and we settled we, we were we were settled um yeah yeah i i was a, it was a good game the whole game i mean once again though this is the second game in like 3 weeks that yellow cards seem to be the like primary activity more than I think shots on goals, there were yellow cards. That's wild. I think there is a lottery or something happening. <laughs> they the the referee, or maybe actually the referee is looking for a bonus. So as long as you're giving more yellow card, you getting more um, bonus. So uh, that's I Could think, be. and that's actually inaccurate because the technically the referees that referee for the open cup they belongs to the um the u.s federation while the one in mm-hmm. mls are pro uh, which is a different entity but right it, there is a common theme happening here well i my question is is there something about orlando that makes people angry that they come here and they play so dirty because like <laughs> that's crazy Ten, it was wild. Ten yellow card. <laughs> yeah. This is unheard. Ten yellow cards and one red card for one team. So pretty much the whole team got yellow I cards. Mean, yeah. And uh, the guy who got a, uh, his two yellows turned into a red, he was he subbed in yep. during the game. He, he didn't even play the full 93 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And his first was... yellow was in, like, a couple of minutes after he joined the game. And the, yeah. the second yellow, it was 62nd in the third uh, quarter, a certain half. So it was bad. Yeah, in the extra time period. Yes. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, I, I just could not believe it. Uh, and, and the you know, it was like 75% of the yellows were for... Uh, Nashville. So I don't know. It's, you know, it's one of those things where whenever you see a statistic that's like that, it feels like, well, what was going on that it was so like bent so weirdly, but in watching the game, I don't think that they were, I don't think anybody made any bad choices. I do think some of them were borderline, but they almost always are. Yellow cards are, could sometimes be a foul and sometimes they're yellow. So I don't know. It was, it just like, I don't. I think people hate us, and they get very physical when they get here for some reason. I think it's the humidity. <laughs> you think it's the humidity? It makes people angry. It makes me angry. It makes me I know angry. By the time I, by the time I get to my car, I do want to punch people. That's true. So I think it's it's. <laughs> I think it's one of the things that it's humidity, and we live in city beautiful. So come on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So people are jealous of uh, of us and Disney. Yes. <laughs> 
they um, they are mad that we get to hang out with Mickey whenever we want. That's why they get mad. Yes. <laughs> and Kingston, you can't forget Kingston. Oh, King Kingston is the king. <laughs> okay. So that first goal from Nashville. So um, before we get to the first goal, oh, yeah, okay. uh, mm-hmm. the first 25 minutes, it was really shaky. If you watch it, it was especially in minute 25th. If you yeah. look at the, even if you guys watch the highlight, you will see the first 20, 25, we were not good. We have a problem, as you mentioned, never in the last episode with our center backs. There is mm-hmm. something in the coverage they are not clicking. And we have Antonio Carlos back, so this is a great news for everybody. Uh, now we can rotate Schlegel, Antonio Carlos, and Jensen, so we can give them some breather, especially with the crazy schedule that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. But still, there is something in the linking. Uh, there is two uh, great opportunity in the minute 25th and minute 26th. That was a through pass in one side. And if you look at the replay, you will see that our center backs, Jensen and Schlegel, they are leaning one side to the field and they opening the other side. So the cross coverage is not happening neither from Ruan mm-hmm. or Kyle Smith on the other st- uh, side. So there is there is this issue that's happening in our backfield when they have a through pass and they trying to um, congest the middle of yeah. the of the 18 yards but mm-hmm. we have we have to figure out how to do this one line of the defender because we playing 442 or 433 whatever but we have four in the back so we can be line lineage uh, defense yeah. yeah i think i think a big part of our problem is the lack of consistency in defense is a lot of the same people but they're playing in different positions week to week they're playing in different combinations and i i hear you about like let's have some rotation let's make sure everybody's getting opportunities to rest. All of that stuff is really wise. But it's just like, I, I every week, every game, I look at the roster and I go, oh, okay, that, that could work. It's never like, I feel like it, you, it should be, it usually is like, well, the, of course, this is our back four. We know who they are. They're the same people every week, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just a... I think that that's part of the issue is the just lack of consistency. Do you think it's more of um, the tiredness? Because we've been playing every uh, we're playing two games a week now for a long time. We have two games, one in Friday. So this week we play Friday and Wednesday, and the week before that we play Saturday and Friday. So yeah, I think that and before that it is the. Yeah, we are in like the busiest section. I don't know why the summer always like when it's 1 million degrees. I don't know why that's when we uh, do this uh, this style, but we do. Yeah, because uh, it's it's actually, uh, it's a very good reason because there is a lot of our, because of two main reasons actually, because there is a lot of those um, teams uh, share their field, their stadium with NFL. So teams mm-hmm. are, uh, so the Federation and MLS trying to get their schedule when the fields are available. Uh, and yeah. the other piece that they are trying to have the rating where are no 
people watching a big other event, sports event because technically we are not competing uh, broadcasting wise except with ussl and formula one those are the two things that's happening right now baseball and baseball sorry i you know <laughs> we're in america my guy <laughs> People watch baseball here, I guess. Not me, but other people. Not me, neither. I am, <laughs> I'm Egyptian. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what's no, that. That's... But <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, I think there is also a little bit of money talk here. That's why they're playing that way. But honestly, mm-hmm. this should be in our advantage. Because mm-hmm. we are the one who lives here in the hot weather. So oh, yeah. we should be taking no, I, advantage. No, I think it's fine. It's just... It's just uh, the schedule feels pretty packed. I think that soccer is just a very, you know, you play for 100 minutes and it's just exhausting. So I, I just wish we had a little more rest between things. That's all. Yes, I agree. And I, uh, uh, we have something similar, actually. I was talking with my Egyptian friends. My team in Egypt is called Al-Ahli. Uh, they've been winning stuff in Africa for quite a while. And now to keep up with the league... They are playing a game every three days. And Egypt weather mm. is so hot too in this time of the year. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that, yeah. they are dying over there. They tied with uh, one of the bottom of the league out of nowhere two days ago. So it, I think it's it's a valid to talk about weather. But honestly, they are professional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. I just, you know. Yeah, I get that. So after that, the second half started, they scored a goal with a mistake from Schlegel, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. in the coverage. And how he, I think what he was trying to do, he was trying to to make sure the ball pass him to go out or give it a space to uh, Galese to Mm -hmm. catch it. And it didn't happen. And it ended that... um, a goal, Mohtar extended his feet behind Schlegel mm-hmm. and he put it on the other side. It's a good goal from Hany Mohtar. He put himself mm-hmm. in a good position and scored a goal, but it's 90% on Schlegel. Yeah. In watching it, I actually thought it was an own goal from Schlegel. Oh. Just from the angle, but um, upon rewatch, it clearly wasn't. But um, yeah, no, it, it was a. It was one of those things where it just they they felt like they were taking a lot of shots, so you know uh, they were putting themselves in positions to to be aggressive, and that's what happens. And when you play through, you know he he just stayed in position, stayed aggressive, and and got the goal. So yeah, that's fine. He did it. Um, I'd rather talk about I'd rather talk about Schlegel making up for that little mistake. Yes, and in the last minute. In the last <laughs> minute of the day, in the last hour, <laughs> he comes and saves the day. A hero rises. A hero once rises again. of the ashes. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, no, I, I. Yeah. And he's went and celebrated like a Cristiano Ronaldo, which is which was I interesting hate. to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, if you hadn't done that celebration, I would have been happier. But me Rodrigo too. Schlegel is uh, is. Uh, easy to love let's say he is passionate i mean we all remember last season and his heroics 
and the season we don't even that, need to... but when he yeah, saved I mean, he the just... penalty <laughs> yeah oh yeah i guess that was two years ago oh my gosh i thought that was just last year last year was a blur um <laughs> what is time but a construct um but it, you know he's just he's so great he plays with such energy he's so passionate um you know he plays on on you know right back left back center back he can do it all and goalie <laughs> so just love uh just love his passion his excitement and um, it was great to see him, you know, it's, it's always fun when you get the keeper down in the box, seeing Galese go up so that we could have all 11 men yep. uh, for the corner. That's, it's just fun. You just know that like everybody's like, especially in a tournament, this is the moment, right? This is your last chance to keep going in the open cup. And uh, you know, Schlegel just stayed with it, right? He yep. stayed engaged. He didn't, he didn't think, Oh, well we missed the opportunity. Let's get reset. He stayed in it. And, uh, he was able to be successful and his little jump kick in the air was wonderful and a, g- a good shot. And yeah, it was a very exciting moment. He deliver he delivers when it needed. That's what I can say. Yeah. Every time yeah. you need him to do something, he pulled it off. Yeah. And he's just like very fun to watch oh, yeah. all under any circumstance. He just is really fun. Okay. And then, um, Crazy. We already talked about the red card being given in the first minute of extra time. Yep. Um, or of the extra period. What do they call that when it's overtime? It's an extra time. Extra time. Okay. Um, it's just very weird. Um, <laughs> there's different words for everything in every sport, but you know what I'm talking about. Stoppage and extra time and uh, injury time. Injury it's all time. Means the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, so, yeah, in the first minute, we had Davis sent off for uh, a second yellow. Yep. And we, they went down to 10 men. And I thought, well, we've got, we've got you know, 30 minutes to make this happen. So let's do it. We had a very good kick by uh, Jansen, was mm-hmm. missed the goal by inches. And then in the last minute, in the second extra time, he, we had one by uh, Mendes. He put it v- mm-hmm. very good. But the problem, it was a little bit weak. But if it was has a little bit of uh, uh, pace, this will be in the back of the nets. Yeah, totally, totally. Yep. Um, then the penalty so how kicks. Were you, yeah, how were you feeling going into penalty kicks? Uh, you can ask Katie. I, uh, I, oh my gosh, I actually. Katie is Andy's wife. Um, yeah, my wife. Uh, I, we were watching <laughs> together, and I told her that. Um, Andres Perea gonna miss it. You knew it. Yep. You would feel it in your bones. Yes. Why? Um, because how how so playing soccer for a while make you feel how the player is going to put the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you compare between what he does in the Miami game. And what he did in the Nashville game, you will sense why I said that. Simply, mm. he is uh, a very consistent uh, player who always put the ball to the left of the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. Even the even the commentators were said something about, well, he must have just read the scouting report. So yeah, yeah. he's very consistent. Yes. He put it on the in the same side and uh, sorry, it's the right of the goalkeeper. It's the his left right of the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can see he's hesitant. He didn't put pace. He didn't put the ball high, and he 
put it in the closer closer part of the corner of the goal. So mm-hmm. in in penalty kick, when we coach penalty kicks or when I played penalty kicks or when I trained for penalty kicks, the, the penalty kicks, you have to decide before you begin to move. That's the first thing that I've been taught. Before mm-hmm. you go to, to, put, to move, decide where you want to put the ball and just commit because this will help you to put pace in it. Secondly, you trying to make it as wide as you can to the to the post or mm-hmm. higher than a, ha- a knee standing uh, level. So if you're standing, you're he- standing on your knees, you're trying to put the ball over your head. So mm-hmm. even if you dive, you can handle it with your arm. So those are the keys. Uh, there is uh, some styles they are trying to open their hip a little bit and try to put it on the side and change in the last second and put it in the middle. This is one of the famous tricks. Uh, mm-hmm. But for example, one of the greatest penalties I saw that day was Alexander Pato. That's what we call a classic as the textbook penalty. It's mm. it's the, the safe level. It's not easy to the goalie even if they dive and it's on the one side or it's a very far one side of the goalie which is very hard to the goalkeeper to to fly and try to save it with his underarm or the opposite arm to try to save it because it's too late for the upper arm and too early for the lower arm to get it the only mm-hmm. way to save it to predict it and jump early so you have the to wait, you have the ability to save it with your two hands actually but if mm. you are waiting to see it it's not going to happen so that's why i love yeah. pato's one was perfect but priam yeah. i saw it from his body language i said i told katie this is going to be safe she said, how did you know? Boom, saved. And I said, <laughs> yeah, I've been watching soccer for a while. But <laughs> yeah, but yes, sense. but yes. And the other thing that you see, uh, how the uh, nerves impact players, it's a defender's penalty kick for Nashville. That player, I don't remember his name right now, but his first uh, kick, uh, Alex Mule, you can mm-hmm. see his feet going a little bit under the ball and that caused it mm. and that caused yeah. it yeah that makes sense to me how did you see it how did you see the penalties um i actually didn't get to watch live so i uh, watched them all later oh, okay so uh, i already knew the the outcome but um i was very happy with um well go say he's just you know head head in the game i i always feel good about um, having him back there again, just like feel very comfortable and confident in him, but seeing, uh, our guys get up one after the other, other than Priya, um, and, and, you know, just nailing it. It was, it was very exciting. I thought that we were going to have it, um, after their first guy, um, went over the bar. I was just like following it on Twitter mm-hmm. while I was at another place. And so, um, yeah, when Prey missed, I was like, "Oh no, uh, that just puts a lot of pressure." But you know, going to seven is is good, and um, 
you know, I was happy to see Antonio Carlos back on the pitch in the uh, at the end of the game, toward the end of the game, yeah. getting subbed in. It's great to see him back. So happy. You know, 10 week recovery is a long time. And you just never know where people are going to be when they come back. And so for him to go up and, uh, and you know, take the corner, I mean, not take the corner, take the penalty, um, it, it, you know, and, and for him to be confident and successful, you know, it's good. And I think, I think him being in the sixth, sixth spot makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to put him up if you don't have to. It's a lot of pressure for a guy who hasn't played in, uh, you know, two and a half months. But it was, it was good to see him up there and see him. Uh, take the shot and um, be successful. He, you could just see that he was, he's locked in. He's ready to be back. And the other f- piece about Antonio Carlos before we move on, um, Antonio Carlos was supposed to be back 12 to 16 and he came early. Oh, yes. I didn't realize that. Yeah. His, I in, thought that his injury was 12 to 16 weeks. Wow. Because it, I'm happy to have him back <laughs> because it's upper ham- hamstring. So mm. it was, predicted 12 to 16 so when i saw him coming in yesterday uh, sorry wednesday and it was only 10 weeks i was wow he is eager he is hungry so when he went to the penalty kick and as you said it was very decisive and very focused and has a pace and it was good i said okay Mm -hmm. he's back thank you yeah he's back he's back yeah um, and you know, I, I there's a I, I love that um, Janssen, Smith, um, and oh, yeah. uh, Antonio Carlos oh, all yeah. got to take um, take penalties because I just feel like defenders don't always get to be put in those positions, and I was just glad to see them all there and all three of them be so successful. I mean, I'm just like such a big fan of our defensive players, so I'm I'm. It was fun. It's fun to watch, and I'm so glad that we won. I wish we didn't go to penalty kicks. Um, that just like, I feel like let's win in regular time, you know, like in the run of game, um, that, that I feel like those, we we're in more in control when we do it that way. Um, there's so many, so many elements in a penalty kick and like, it's just, it's just two guys and that's just a lot of pressure for everybody. So I'm going to go for the next round. Let's just win it in regulation. That's my, that's my recommendation. And it's going to be a little bit tough. We are playing New York grid bowls. Which, yes. which is a one team that we don't have a good record with. Mm-hmm. So that's true, and and they've been playing fairly well this season, right? Oh yeah, yeah they are in the top. Uh, the, they are in the yeah. top of the table. Uh, well, I think Philadelphia is number one. No, no, I didn't mean in the very top. Towards the top. Uh, yeah, they yeah, are yeah, in the, yeah. they are in the contention of the top of. Yeah. The... Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and New York is just a you know, they're they're a good team. We'll see how we'll see how July treats them and how July treats us. Hopefully, we can stave off injury. Um, That's going to be an exciting game on the twenty seventh here in Orlando. Can't wait to be in the stadium in uh, beautiful Paramore and having uh, uh, the time of our lives. So hopefully, we'll we'll see some success yes. that night. Yes, yeah. especially it's we have our record with them is eighteen. We played them eighteen time. They uh, New York Red Bulls when. Eight, uh, nine times we beat them seven times and we draw twice so it's wow it's 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 a very uh close but they have the upper uh, uh, uh the upper hand over us uh, even in Exploria stadium we play nine times and they beat us four times and we beat them three times and we draw twice yeah okay 
well, it's going to be a hard game, but I think we can do it. And uh, I'm excited to see us move on. It'd be great to, you know, make it far in the Open Cup. And I'm proud of what we've already done. Me too. I am looking forward for this team to have a little bit of a break. Then now they can rotate more players, and also hopefully we get somebody to fill those open slots that we mm-hmm. have on the roster. And who knows? Maybe we can pick Cavani. <clears throat> <laughs> I like your pipe dreams. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm dreaming with um, with some uh, with some big DPS, please. <laughs> Yeah, well, we have room for them. Yeah. Okay, let's talk quickly about the World Cup, um, the games in the U.S. Obviously, there's going to be a couple in Canada, a couple in Me- Mexico. Um, we've got uh, Vancouver and Toronto for Canada, mm-hmm. and then Mexico City, Guadalajara, and Monterey for Mexico. That's all awesome. Um, but I'm more concerned about the ones that are in the U.S. Um, I get why they've chosen the cities they have, so let me just say them. We've got New York, New Jersey. Philadelphia, Boston, Atlanta, Miami, Houston, Dallas, Kansas City, Seattle, San Francisco slash Bay Area, and then LA. Yeah. So I understand that like Orlando's stadium that's large enough for a World Cup game is Camping World. And, you know, it's not the best option. So I, it's okay. I just love, I just think Orlando is such a good soccer city that it would have been amazing to host a game here. Um, but Atlanta's not very far. Miami's not very far. Yeah. And uh, hoping to get to some of those games. I think uh, I was thinking about that yesterday. And I'm trying to look what's the logical thinking that the FIFA had to uh, to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. So uh, I understand Boston, New York, uh, Philadelphia, and Toronto. Seattle, Vancouver, uh, San Francisco, and Bay Area, Dallas, Houston, Monterey, uh, Guadalajara, and Mexico City as a, as a one cluster. Miami, mm-hmm. Atlanta, okay. Kansas is the one that didn't make sense to me because they are not close enough to any of the stadium around them. So the traveling piece, it's the closest to, uh, it's in the middle between uh, Dallas and Atlanta, but mm-hmm. it's not the vicinity of Boston, Philadelphia, Toronto, Vancouver, Seattle, San Francisco. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it didn't make sense to me, but I know how, who owns Kansas City Chief and mm-hmm. how they impact soccer in U.S. Do you know that what's the name of the U.S. Open? A little bit of trivia. Uh, U.S. Open uh, Cup name? The Lamar Hunt. And who's Lamar Hunt? Uh, he's the guy who owns the Kansas City Chiefs. Exactly. Right? Yes. Isn't it the same family? Yep. Yeah. It's the same family. So when they say, we want this, we want the games in our stadium, the game's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like that. And and also, um, isn't... Uh, I. So my, my brain goes to what our, our show is named after um, a line from Ted Lasso mm-hmm. and um, Jason Sudeikis is a Kansas city guy. And so I just wonder if there's even some, like, I wonder if Ted Lasso is going to make an appearance at the world cup in 2026. That's all. I think they got to have some sort of marketing there if they kept the show, because there is a rumor. This is the last season. However, it's definitely going to impact everything. 
Ted Lasso impact the culture in U.S. to understand and watch soccer and get mm -hmm. attached to the beautiful game that we love and we grow up watching. So yeah. that's the piece. But back to the cities, I think Miami option is going to be amazing. Uh, I think mm -hmm. uh, New York, New Jersey. If it's not underwater by 2026. Yeah, that too. I know it's in Fort Lauderdale, so it's a little further up. Yeah. <laughs> sorry no, sorry for making no, jokes no you, oh no you, no it's you, the dolphins it's the dolphin stadium yeah playing, so the, right? yeah it's, okay. it's the hard no it could be underwater it could be underwater by 2026 we'll see we will see uh, <laughs> and maybe we will take it but we will need to build a new stadium because camping world cannot be a world cup stadium anyway ah. uh <laughs> that's side note but I can't understand having games in New York, New Jersey, MetLife, uh, uh, MetLife Stadium. Definitely, it's it's a, it's the Big Apple. It's in the middle of New, uh, close to New York. It's amazing. Boston, yeah. the relationship between Kraft family and uh, and FIFA is everybody knows. So uh -huh, uh -huh. Well, I'm not gonna go there, but it's it's Boston. It's Boston too. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Toronto and Fl Toronto. I it's a. It, their stadium actually is very neat and beautiful, so I like Toronto option. Their stadium is got a lot of refurbishment, and mm -hmm. uh, and I'm mentioning Toronto because how it impacted the decision of pulling Philadelphia because now they can't play cluster because you know in World Cup, uh, the teams are not stuck into one group in one stadium. Uh, mm -hmm. They in World Cup they have to they have bases and they travel. To different uh, uh, different stadiums across the whole mm -hmm. competition, so that's why I think uh, Toronto pull Philadelphia with it. But I don't know, Philadelphia is not a soccer state; it's soccer city. Not. I mean, I don't think that that's true. I went to a Union Orlando City game, and it was packed. But here's the deal. I don't recall when was the last time U.S. national team played in Philadelphia. Mm. And this is what we should um, measure and and measure, yeah, measure the the attract attention that the World Cup gonna get. I gonna be I I gonna be very blunt here. I think if you are gonna have any game in the South of United States, you're going to get a lot of fans, simply. Mm -hmm. Either immigrant like me, or the people who lives on those cities, sorry, those states that play soccer. Because the down south, we're talking about Texas, uh, Florida, Arizona even, uh, California, those are states that have, have soccer culture. So when we mm -hmm. have a game when we have a game, for example, Ukraine playing um, Wales, like lost World Cup, we, mm -hmm. people like me who likes soccer, they're going to go watch this game because it's World Cup. It's going to be going to have everything. But I don't think in Philadelphia case, because it's not they don't have a stake. They don't have a bone in the game. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about Philadelphia. Uh, for me, when the, they announced that before I did my research, the two cities that stand to me that didn't make sense to me, they host was Philadelphia and Kansas City. Mm -hmm. uh, but we will see 
Midwest, you're closer to for Kansas City, closer to Illinois, and Illinois has a lot of uh, great uh, soccer cultures there. And the only thing, to be honest, that didn't make sense to me that it didn't have any stadium, the state that didn't have any uh, games is Ohio. Mm-hmm. That I was amazed that and very sh- and shocked to not see Cincinnati or Columbus to have any games, to have no stadium selected, and I think one of them were in the lost uh, the lost bit. So that mm-hmm. was for me very uh, mm, doesn't make sense where they take Dallas and Houston, which is the same state with two cities. It didn't make sense to me. What do you yeah. think? Uh, well, I, I think I think it all makes sense to me. I like make the argument and the rationale for all of these cities and why they'd be there. Um, you know, I, I think that by 2026, I my hope is that the spread of these across the country, including having one in the Midwest in uh, in Kansas City, my hope is that it will be um, a catalyst for more and more people to love soccer and to watch it and to care about it. And um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be great. I really hope that we make a good run in Qatar. And, um, you know, I'd love to see the US be like very successful and it will, you know, the, that momentum will ride into 26. We will hope and I will hope this happen because this World Cup going to be amazing, especially it's going to be the first World Cup with the new expansion. Yeah, it's exciting. It's an exciting moment. <laughs> Um, we'll be back uh, in your ears in a couple weeks with another episode talking about the games coming up. Um, some exciting July is packed full, um, starting with uh, on the 4th, the game uh, against DC. So we'll see how that goes. Yep. And we hopefully to see you soon and talk to you soon, guys. Okay. Thanks, guys. 